My name's Abby, and I would like to welcome you to the PISD Board of Trustees Candidate Forum. And this is place six. And I really hope that before you get a chance to watch this, that you have watched the video for place one, place two, and place three. And this is place six, which is the fourth open uh, spot available on the Board of Trustees. Um, and today um, I am going to be chatting with Jerry Chambers. And um, we did invite every candidate. There is one other candidate in this race. Her name is Marilyn Lockray, and she uh, will not be taking part this evening. So you are just going to hear from from Jerry today, um, but I am going to ask her nine questions, uh, the same questions I've asked every previous video, and I'm going to give her a, a chance to introduce herself. Um, so Jerry, please tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you, Abby, so much. Um, I'm Jerry Chambers. I am a teacher. I am a parent. I have been engaged and involved in this community since 1994 in various nonprofits and in various uh, capacities. And professionally, I work for a local foundation and I'm a donor relations officer with that uh, foundation. Uh, I, I say this only because I think it's a short way of explaining uh, my commitment to our community. Uh, 2019, I was named uh, Local Profiles Collin County Woman of the Year. And in November of last year, the Plano Chamber of Commerce um, Best of, I was named the Citizen of the Year. And I'm honored um, and humbled by these awards, but I think that that speaks to uh, my commitment, my work, my passion, um, the fact that I, I love our community and I want to continue working hard. We have work still to be done. And um, I had a, a sage Planoite um, say to me that an award like that kind of recognition only fuels you to uh, do more. And I feel like that is the same for me. So um, I believe greatly and deeply about our schools. And I believe very firmly that a uh, strong and thriving schools uh, make for a strong and thriving community. Thank you very much, Sherry. So I'm gonna start with the very first question, which is, why is now the right time for you to remain on the Board of Trustees? You know, it's a pretty simple answer, Abby, I'm not done. Um, I've served for three years. I was appointed in 2018 by that current sitting school board. First time they ever um, had an appointment like that. So I was very thoroughly vetted. Um, I think they thought I would, and I've had people comment that I was ready to start on day one. And I'll be honest with you, it, it's a steep learning curve. Uh, there is so much, I have a, a education degree. I have a master's in education. I've been you know, in education most of my professional life. And uh, there's a lot to learn. And so I also feel like I'm just kind of getting my stride. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard job. It takes a lot of work. Uh, working with a team of eight, we are seven trustees and a superintendent that have to work and navigate together. And that takes some learning and some experience to figure out how best to find your voice and how to make change. And so I feel like I'm just getting there. Um, and I uh, hope very much to be able to continue doing it for another four years. Thank you, Jerry. So I'm gonna ask this next question on the basis that there are so many um, moms, dads, par parents and families who are moving here, who may be from other places, other states or other countries like myself, um, or, or even haven't had any children yet in the, in the school system. And so they may not know the answer to this. So what does a PISD <laughs> board trustee do? 
That's a very good question, Abby. And you're right. I think even teachers sometimes don't realize what we can and can't do. Um, teachers in the district don't realize our role and our function. Uh, we are a governance role. And so like, you're like, well, what does that mean? Well, it, it means we don't do the work of teaching, schooling, any of that. We oversee it. Uh, again, we are a team of seven. We have I mean, we have one, one employee, bless Sarah Bonzer or whoever the superintendent is, that whoever in any district, they have seven bosses. Um, and we uh, hire the superintendent, we evaluate the superintendent. Um, the superintendent's job then is to do the work and everything that has to do with uh, making a school district excellent and great. And we measure that. We measure outcomes um, for what that is. And we guide the superintendent in terms of direction, strategic planning, mission, you know, that, that piece. We guide her where we want, we, we as seven people collectively want the district to be heading. Uh, then we're also involved with approving the budget. We're in, involved in approving policy. And the, one of the fun things I think um, as a former classroom teacher is we prove the calendar. Um, and I remember as a teacher being like, why did they do that to the calendar? And, and I get it now because it's really complicated to figure out how to get all the moving parts and all the time and the holidays. And, but um, that's something I'm really passionate about um, because I think that's an important, that's affects, that affects everyone tremendously. When does school start and when does vacation start? So that's part of our responsibility. Uh, we also have a lot of training. I just got a memo today. I've, I've done over 30, I've logged over 30 hours of training in the last year for this job. So it revolves a lot of training. It involves um, work preparation. It's not an exaggeration to say that most weeks I spend about 20 hours or more learning, studying, um, being in the community, uh, preparing for meetings. Um, and so it's, it's quite involved in a governance. It really community. is. It really is. And I think people have a very uh, little understanding of that necessarily. Um, and, you know, I know some of us like to watch board meetings online as well. And, and those are very, very involved, too. Um, so prior to running for PISD school board, what was your experience with serving the PISD community? And how does that experience make you the ideal candidate for the school board? Um, and how might you be different from your opponent? That's three questions, Abby. Let's see. We, we, let, let's see. You want what I've done. What, what is it again? You want what I've done. And um, what's been your experience with serving the PISD community? Mm -hmm. How does that experience make you the ideal candidate? And then how yeah. are you different from your opponent? So the experience I've had is very broad and deep. I started teaching in PISD at Wilson Middle School in 1993. Uh, I, uh, I'll expound a little bit because I think something important about that experience can help inform where we are today. I taught middle school math. Uh, I then took some time home and then became very involved in the community. Uh, the Junior League of Collin County was a wonderful format for me to really know and learn our community um, in a lot of different ways. I had to work with a lot of different nonprofits. Went back, uh, well, I helped to found a nonprofit through the Junior League called SciTech Discovery Center. So I'm very steeped in STEM and how important STEM education is for our, for our kids. Uh, then I went back to the classroom and this time I went back as a fifth grade teacher. And so that was a totally different experience. Very few people have both an elementary and a secondary experience like I have. And then I've also been a Title I teacher. I worked at Auto Middle School um, working with Title I kids. I've been a homebound teacher. My, my my breadth and depth of in the in schools is is large, 
And then my breadth and depth in the community, uh, very involved with Junior League, very involved with other nonprofits, but I was also really involved as a parent. My kids were very involved and we were, I walked side by side with them in that journey as a sports parent, as a band parent, um, as a, you know, kids did student government. Uh, we were very involved in our church and I went on mission trips and spring break choir or choir tours uh, with them. So um, I just have a lot of experience in our community. Um, I think that brings a lot of uniqueness to it. Um, and I think that's important. I'm also know a lot of people, which is, which is just because of all the many things I've done. And I think that's really helpful for connection. I'm really all about connecting the dots and connecting people. I had the pleasure of introducing two people professionally this week. And it was, it, you know, it's so fun when you make those kind of connections. And that's something that I can do as a board member as well. Um, how I'm different? Um, well, all of that experience. Uh, I also would say that I am very fiscally conservative. If the money's not there, you don't spend it. And um, I've run my campaign that way. And I'm very much about uh, us making very smart fiscal decisions about this district and how it should be run. And we have some tough decisions to make, uh, but I've had that experience. And I think I can, and the right person to make the good smart decisions when it comes to that budgeting and, and what we spend money on and what we choose not to spend money on. Thank you very much, Jerry. So we are half, well, nearly halfway through the question. So this one is phrased for you as an incumbent. And uh, do you consult with PISD administrative staff, parents, and teachers? And if so, how? Well, with the staff, um, Superintendent Bonzer is the one um, employee, if you will, that we are officially supposed to interact with. She is very generous and allows us to also access her cabinet, which is all, all the assistant, deputy superintendent, assistant superintendents, when there's something we have a question about. Um, I especially enjoy connecting with uh, uh, Dr. Courtney Gober because professionally I'm very involved in the community. He is the um, students, family and community superintendent. And so there's, there's opportunities for connection with him. Uh, as far as parents are concerned, I will say that it is um, important to me to be in connection with parents of all levels. Uh, when we had parents really concerned about what was happening during the pandemic, I hosted Zoom. Um, with some parents who are just like, we just want to ask you questions. And so I'm always, always ready to meet with people. I'm always ready to um, give my phone out and talk to parents. Um, believe it or not, my, one of my favorite parts of the job is having conversation with parents and having conversation with teachers. I have the advantage and then I have a lot of friends in the district. And um, I'm really good about saying, are you calling me as a friend? Or are you calling me as a trustee? And so I really try to separate that. And when they say I'm calling you as a trustee, then, then, I, uh, then I do what I need to do in that capacity. Uh, but I find oftentimes when I talk to parents, um, they're frustrated about whatever's happening with the school, but parenting's hard. And I've been there and I've had, you know, parenting is, is a, it's, it's, it's a, as a trustee, I hope I can also walk side by side with parents and, and help them uh, with their journey because it's one of the most um, delightful, challenging, excruciating, <laughs> meaningful roles we can have as human beings. And so that's, that's important to me to have that, that journey with, with in, in, in both teachers and with parents. Thank you very much, Sherry. So if faced with another similar pandemic to COVID-19, which I wanna say, I hope will never happen in our lifetime. Um, how would you like to see the school district respond? Well, heaven help us. You know, I, I would like to say if, 
but unfortunately the world is what it is and it, it may be a win when we have something happen. I was very impressed. I learned a lot. I learned a lot through this experience. I think everyone has learned a lot through this experience. I had, the first thing we had to do is take care of making sure that kids and teachers and faculty, everyone, families were safe and ascertaining what safe looked like. And that message has changed throughout this whole year of what safe looks like. Um, so as, as assessing what the safety is. The second thing that is, is eye-opening, but we should know this, is there are many, many families in our district who depend on the school for food. Their kids depend on the district for food. And so the second thing the district did was figure out how to make sure that everyone was fed. And fortunately, we were able to feed people who weren't official free introduced lunch, we were able to give food to whoever needed food. So food was the second thing. The third thing was figuring out supplies. We are blessed that the district has invested in technology, but there were still gaps and things that had to be done. And how do we get kids supplies? Um, my husband Rick and I through the Education Foundation twice um, filled up our car with school supplies from the Plano store, core store because you don't think about this, not all families have pencils and pens and crayons and rulers and scissors handy. And so we helped, I mean, lots of people in the community came together to get those supplies. So being aware of how to quit whatever the situation is with the supplies you need. And the last thing was teaching. I mean, not the last, but the next thing came in, how are we gonna deliver that, that teaching? So I think that those priorities are, are a good tool and a good um, template for us to follow when something else happens in the future, safety first, take care of food, and then we'll figure out how best to deliver the education um, uh, it, it, most effectively and efficiently for, for all of our students. Thank you, Gary. So this is a big question, number six. PISD has had attention in the past due to a history of bullying. And Samarion's experience brought PISD back into the spotlight most recently. How could PISD do better when it comes to handling bully, bullying fully and equally in all campuses? And what actions would you like to see happen in the future to further prevent bullying? So many of you may know that the district is participating in listening sessions, listening rounds is what they're calling it. And I've listened to one, but I've also listened to other people. I've listened to several different constituencies and people. Uh, as an elementary school teacher, I think the elementary has done a really good job of that social, social emotional wellness, nurturing kids. I've heard that um, we're doing okay. You know, secondary is, is challenging, but really specifically, I think that the problems we're finding are at, at middle school. And um, when I was a teacher, I taught in Nebraska and then I taught in Plano. And when I taught in Nebraska, I learned something called the middle school concept. And the middle school concept is a way of organizing the middle school. We would call it pods now, a new word, but we called it teams. And when I got hired to, to work in Plano, I got hired because I had had this experience as a middle school a middle school concept. And I think part of the reason why we have kids with bullying and the way we have, especially in middle school, is a, a lack of sense of belonging, a little bit of feeling lost of going from that smaller elementary school campus and now to a bigger situation and social awareness becomes very you know, aware of who's, who's what and where. And the middle school concept really helps support that. And I would like very much for us to see bringing that back. Um, in short, it is five teachers, language arts, 
math, science, history, English can be as part of that. They're a team and they all have the same kids. They have the same kids. So the math teacher and the English teacher have the same kids, the history teacher, science teacher, we all have the same kids. And they have a sense of belonging. They have a team name and teachers are able to really connect and be a part of that team within the school. Um, academically, it's really great because you know right away what kids are suffering academically. Like you compare notes, you meet weekly and you stare about which kids are struggling. Socially, it's magic because the kids have this sense of belonging. They know that whatever happened in math, my English teacher is gonna be support knowing about it. And, and just, it brings a sense of community to a middle school that um, we haven't had. Um, it went away because of maybe, I, I, I thought it was funding. I've been asking around, it may not have been funding. Um, it's hard to do. It's hard to um, do all the, the pieces of it logistic wise, but I think it's what we need to be bringing back. So I loved it. I love teaching in that environment. It is so great for kids. And I think that that is, um, to be very specific, I would love to see us uh, bring that back and figure out how to do it even better. Thank you, Jerry. Um, okay, what does diversity, equity, inclusion mean to you? And if elected, how would you advocate for diversity and inclusion practices and policies across the district? Okay, so I recognize this is a two-part question. It's a personal question, and it's a, how do you apply that to the school? Um, personally, the, the saying is, Diversity is inviting someone to the party and inclusion is inviting them to dance. And we may have heard that. And I love that. I would say personally, diversity is look at my social network friends. Look at the diverse group of people that I have on my social network. Inclusive, who am I talking to on the phone? Who am I having dinner with? Who am I having a close relationship with? And my hope is that that is reflective of uh, a diverse, but it's also inclusion in, in, in that. Um, I heard a sad statistic and I hope that this is wrong, but I don't think it is. Um, I've heard that 75 of all, percent of all white people only have one close friend of color. No, excuse me, wrong, don't have, excuse me. 75% of white people do not have a close friend of color. And that is something that, that personally made me go, that's not how I wanna live my life. And so I have personally sought out to have relationships with all different types of people. Um, and I think that it makes my life richer for it. Um, for 2021, I took on um, the, uh, we call it resolution or goal. I'm only reading books by non-white authors. It is so cool. It is really opening me to hear different stories to hear different perspectives, but I think they're valuable. And so that's how I live, how I hope to live my life and how I aspire to be is to welcome. Um, and I want to say, I feel that way to now transition to as a candidate or as a trustee, I want to hear from all viewpoints. I truly do because I think everyone's viewpoint is of value and of meaning. And I will only be a better trustee and I will only be better for this district with that openness to listen to anyone who feels like they need to talk to me. So that's me personally. As far as the district is concerned, I think that um, 
we have to look at um, what we're doing that needs to be um, representative of being diversity and inclusive. Um, we have been told that our policies are really good, that we have strong policies. I wanna look at them more deeper to make sure that they are the kind of policies that we want to have and our procedures. Do we need to work on, does the district need to work on procedures and how those policies are followed through? Perhaps because we're a, a district of 7,000 employees and 50,000 students and there's a lot of human going on. Um, so opportunities for training, opportunities for, um, uh, you know, but really the most important thing is opportunities for everybody to be able to tell their stories. I think that's really important for everyone to be able to hear people's stories. Uh, and then um, valuing how important it is to hear other stories. I mean, there's more here, Abby. I could talk about this question for a really long time. <laughs> I we'll stick with, that's who I am. It's who I aspire to be. I welcome um, lots of different people. And I want the district to have a climate where everyone who is in the school has a sense of belonging. They feel valued and, and they feel heard. And to me, I think that's what that's about. Now I skipped equity a little bit, um, um, but I think that equity is about looking at where do we need to have resources, where resources need to be placed to make sure that everyone has the equal opportunity for great success in, in education. So that means that some campuses are gonna get more of this and more of that to make sure that they have, they, they, they to make up for or to look at where the data um, isn't strong and where they need some extra support. So that's how equity fits in. Thank you. So that depends on demographics, I guess. Um, and as I have your attention, you can uh, answer the, uh, the demographic split for me. So do you know currently the demographic split of our students, perhaps? Yeah, um, um, it's real close to this. It's, it, we, are, we are basically, as a math person, I should have the specific numbers. We are basically, our white, Hispanic, and Asian populations are pretty similar. So they are like 24 to 20 to 30, 26 to 30. Um, and then our African-American population, black population is about 13%, which contrasts with the city of Plano, which is at eight point something that rounds to 9%. Um, so the, the, the demographics of the school district and the demographics of the city are different. Uh, there's also about 4% that call themselves dual race or what we you know, by what, what I don't know what the right term is, but that's about the, the breakup of what it is. Now, our schools don't always show that. I was looking at some data today and um, uh, it was a mostly black and Hispanic Latinx uh, population compared with another school that was mostly white and Hispanic uh, with very little Asian. And we have some schools that have a high percentage of Asian so that distribution of the demographics is not, it's, it, each school has its own um, makeup that's very unique but that's the overall gist. Thank you for answering that, Jerry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I no, thought no, it would okay. be It's a good question, question, Abby. It's really, because I don't think people understand every campus really is very different. And that because of that, every campus has different needs. And I'll just highlight, so our Latinx students, we have, we have um, English, as a, English as a second language or English for language, lang English language learners, um, multiple languages but we tend to be more Latinx Spanish. Um, and so those, and most of uh, low income can also be in the Latinx population as well. So a school that has a lot of 
Spanish primary speaking students and low income gets extra support because of that, the way the state does its funding. So they get more resources because they get more funding because of that. It has to do with weighted average daily attendance that the state formula does. So that makes the campus a little bit different than a student class, student, a student population that may be low income, but it's mostly uh, black students that don't get the same kind of support. Thank you, Jerry. That's okay, way more than question. you wanted to know. <laughs> no, I, I think it's the more we know, the better off we are. Um, so this is question number eight. Um, the pressure on our school finances is an ongoing issue due to Robin Hood and the potential for school vouchers being used outside of PISD for other types of schools. Um, what is your view on protecting and advocating for PISD in this respect? Well, as a trustee, my responsibility is to make sure that PISD has the best and resources we can get. Excuse me. Um, and so I think that that uh, is what we advocate for. It's what we, um, you know, the Texas legislature is meeting right now. And we are very lucky right now that all the board of trustees are very interested and very engaged in what's going on in the legislative process and making sure that we are speaking to our legislatures and in and, and what we're learning and what we hope that they will represent for that. You know, all that funding and is all determined by the state. So we get the result of their leadership and their work. And so we have a responsibility to um, be influential, learn, um, educate people so that they can speak to making sure that we have the best resources in our community for public ed. Thank you very much. Um, final question. With declining school registrations at pre-K and kinder levels and an aging population and school finance tied to attendance, what can PISD do better in retaining and attracting more students to be enrolled than maybe choosing other education options like homeschooling, charter or private schools? Well, we have so many great things going on in this district. I mean, truly, truly great things. And I think we need to do a better job of telling our story. I talk to parents a lot, often I'll say, well, you know, they'll say, well, I need to know about middle school and what happens. And I said, well, do you really understand how it goes from here? What happens in high school? And I'll walk them through opportunities and challenge, you know, all the different opportunities we offer for kids in high school. And they're like, we do that? And I'm like, yes, we do that. I didn't know. And I'm like, we, we, have, we, have, a, we have a responsibility to do a better job at storytelling. Um, we are physically responsible and we do not spend much on a marketing budget for the district. It's not, it's not something that we spend a lot of money on. Other educational entities do. I mean, they, 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 have, they spend money on marketing. So we just gotta figure out how to be clever and we gotta figure out how to be um, ingenious about how to tell a better job of telling our story. We have some great storytellers in our district. Our communications department is strong. We just need to be able to equip them with how to, to do that even more. I am in a group of 10 women um, since COVID happened, has been around, we Zoom every Monday. And recently we were in a Zoom together and all of our kids are in college. And we were also, how's everybody's kid doing in college and how's it going, whatever. And I just sat there and listened. I just kind of pulled, like one of these like listening. Every one of them was like, my kid's thriving. It's because of PISD. Like they got what they needed. And we're talking to people at 
A&M and Ole Miss and UT, I mean, all over, all sorts of different colleges. Like, yeah, all different interests. And, and I think we don't do a good job of telling about our graduates, to the, what happens to them and the experiences they have and their successes they have in college. But to a person, every one of those ladies was like, I'm so glad that PISD gave my kid what they needed to, to, to navigate and, and be a great student. Like, we need to tell that story. Um, we have that. Um, and I'm so proud that we do. And I um, am committed to making sure that that's every student in PISD that gets to have that, that great story for us to capture. Thank you very much, Jerry. So we're going to wrap up this session now and um, I want to just remind you that you need to um, be ready to cast your vote for early voting which starts April 19th and election day is May 1st um, and Jerry Chambers is one of two, uh, two uh, candidates um, vying for your vote for place six on the PISG Board of Trustees. Um, so please do make sure that if you have any questions, reach out and ask Jerry or um, drop your comment on the feed. Um, and uh, Jerry, thank you so much for joining us today. Abby, thank you for your time. And thank you so much for all you're doing in the community to uh, give Plano Moms a voice. Appreciate it very much. Thank you.